Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 209 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. Today, we're going to discuss the World Team Championships draw, our new Snapchat account, and answer some great questions about playing a high backspin ball, receiving fast serves, longer breaks between points, and the forehand fixing machine. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Supercoach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Uh, thank you, Jeff, and Happy New Year to everyone. First show for the year. Absolutely, yeah. Happy New Year, Pink Skillers. Hope you had a great break, lots of table tennis, um, and uh, I hope you're ready to enjoy a new show. All right, Alois. Um, what have you been up to over the break? Have you had a good break yourself? Yes, have have. have. I have had a good break. My mouth hasn't worked, but um, <laughs> yes, I have had a good break. And um, yeah, got to see a little bit of cricket, a little bit of soccer. Um, yeah, and, you know, spend some time just at home, which was great. Absolutely. Yeah. What about you, yeah. Jeff? Yeah. Oh, yeah, had a great break. Um, yeah, it's been awesome. Like you, got to see quite a bit of sport, um, spend some time with the family, uh, yeah, really nice. So, um, yeah. And we've, um, we've been doing a little bit of, uh, you know, trying to get on social media, Jeff. We've, we've set up our uh, Snapchat and uh, Instagram and Twitter and all sorts yeah, of stuff. Yeah, we've had a few of those already and been, you know, going along, but we've been posting a bit more regularly. So if you haven't been seeing our stuff, get on there. Um, and Snapchat, Alloys, is an interesting one, isn't it? It is, yeah. So we just started using Snapchat. Um, so with what we're what we're thinking is, you guys could actually Snapchat us a question, and I can Snapchat you the answer pretty quickly, and that'll be uh, pretty quick and pretty easy. So yeah, give that a try. So get onto Snapchat, just ping skills, um, and uh, send me a question on Snapchat. There you go. I just Snapchatted you talking about that, Alois. Whoa. <laughs> It's great, isn't it? Yeah, get on Snapchat. Our username is Ping Skills, um, and yeah, send us a snap. We'd love to hear from you. Also, yeah, check us out on all those other ones. Um, yeah, love to hear from you. We're into the new age, Alloys. Who would have thought we old guys would be on Snapchat? Ah, uh, yeah, me maybe, but you, whoa, yeah, <laughs> uh, too funny. Now, it does seem a long time ago since we did a show, Alois, and so if we're a bit rusty, we're just getting back into it. Give us time. Um, but we did ask a Pink Sealers question of the day in our last show, which was, what is your first memory of playing table tennis? What were people's yeah. answers? Yeah, so uh, yeah, some nice memories. So Austin said, playing with my father on our old table in the basement um, and Parkash said, uh, school sports teacher shouting at me for holding the racket incorrectly. Lol. Yes, uh, probably not a great experience, but good to see you're still playing, Parkash. Um, and Tad said, in 1970, trying to hit the ball. Um, yeah, so some pretty old memories there. Thomas, 30 years old at a rundown club in Vietnam. Still in Vietnam, but now at a better club. So, uh, so that's good. And, you know, so players starting when they're older, younger. Um, and Trevor um, said, either playing, and this is, he's in Melbourne, so either playing in the Kinnears Rope Factory in the old Western Suburbs comp 
or learning a tomahawk serve in a year seven school camp at Warrnambool. So uh, some good memories. And Howard said, boys club, age eight, social player, learned to hit back and forth, played in college, but played with hard paddles and sand grit paper. So, uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's interesting. Playing, So he, he's actually played with the old sand grit uh, bats, Howard has. So, wow. Yeah, good, good memories. Yeah, indeed. I think my first one, Alois, is probably at home. We had a little shed, which was, you know, quite small, and we just put a, a little table in it, not a proper table, so it was a lot smaller than a table tennis table, but we had a net and put it on. And, yeah, just those really $2 bats with little pimples that have no grip and just playing in there. And, yeah, I remember for some reason when someone would hit the ball hard at me, I'd just try and hit it hard back and it would never go on. Um, that's kind of my first memories. You sound like a typical kid trying to learn table tennis. Um, <laughs> try to hit it as hard as possible. Um, yeah, but uh, good me- memories. My, my first memories were of hitting the ball up against the wall. And I still remember the room um, where I used to just hit the ball up and down against the wall for, for hours on end. But my first memory of um, at a table tennis uh, hall was at the old Albert Park Table Tennis Stadium. And um, those of you in Melbourne, would, the older ones of you, will remember the old Albert Park Stadium. And interestingly, last night I had a dream, and I often have dreams about that old place, had a dream that I was coaching, um, coaching it, uh, Player from way back, Kamlesh, um, who you'd remember, Jeff. I went yeah. to coach. Cam, I went to coach Kamlesh, and I'd forgotten all the table tennis balls, and it was a disaster. So <laughs> there you go. Strange oh dream. dear. Hopefully, it wasn't a sign about this show, Alloys. <laughs> well, we are a little bit rusty, but yeah, nada. Nah, good show. Excellent. All right. Well, to get the discussion moving again, we're going to ask another Ping Sills question of the day. And today's is, how did you bring in the new year and what was your first table tennis session for 2016? So jump onto Facebook and or our blog and let us know, yeah, how did you bring in the new year and what was your first table tennis session for 2016? Now, Alois, it is Monday, which is normally the tournament wrap. And so we're going to discuss today the important World Teams Championships draw. Yeah, so um, the uh, the draw came out just a couple of days ago. And um, so in the the way it's structured is that uh, they played in divisions. So there's 24 teams in a division. Um, so in that within that 24, uh, it's made up of four groups of six teams. So you play everyone in your group. So you play five teams matches. And then from there, it goes to a knockout system. Yeah, that's um, interesting, Alois, because I guess a lot of people don't realise that if you're not in the top 24 teams, you can't possibly win because you, you, you're not in the top division. Yeah, and you probably can't win it because you're probably not good enough either, though. So That um, is true. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, it is an interesting system that, they, that they've got. Um, and it's ba- it's based on the team world rankings, you know, made up of the combined um, world rankings of the individual players in the team. Yeah. So um, well, I guess it's similar to soccer, where they in the World Cup they don't have hundreds of teams playing; they only have the top uh, certain amount of countries playing. Yes, but every team can qualify for that um, World Cup. So when when the tournament starts, everyone's on an even playing field and. Even if you're a minnow country, you 
in theory, can still win the World Cup by winning the qualification um, system. So, ah, yeah. But if you're a minnow in table tennis, how do you get into that top 24? To yeah, so if you're in Division um, 2 and you win Division 2 this time, then the next championships you're guaranteed to play in Division 1, for example. But also, um, if your combined team's world rankings... Um, are good enough, then you'll be in Division One. So you know, if you if you've got three gun players, you're not going to be playing in Division Four. Wow, yeah, and so then then yeah, got it's amazing, isn't it? Just how many divisions they have, and how many countries are actually involved in an event like this. Yeah, it is it is absolutely amazing. I'll just uh, I might just get that for you. Um, all your yeah, seedings. Yep. Um, so in the in the men's uh, division, there are 91 teams listed, with uh, with Congo Democratic being the 91st ranked team, and uh, no surprises. Number one is Germany. Oh, sorry, China. <laughs> Did surprise me there. <laughs> yes, and in the women's teams, um, there are 81 uh, teams with Turkmenistan being uh, ranked number 81, and once again, China at number one. Wow, Turkmenistan, what a name of a country. I'm going to really go for them this World Championships. Yeah, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it really is surprising the depth of uh, of countries now that play in the World Championships. And as we know, there there are over 220 countries affiliated with the uh, International Federation. So there's a lot of um, countries that um, out there that aren't actually competing at the World Championships, but uh, but they do have um, a, a national association affiliated with the um, Olympic Committee. So, yeah, it's huge. Wow. All right. And so, yeah, so the draw was released. Um, yep. Anything important we need to know? Uh, nothing, nothing too exciting um, in the draw. So, um, so in China's group, there is uh, in the men's. There's Austria, Chinese Taipei, Greece, Czech Republic, and Korea, uh, Democratic Republic. So, um, yeah, I mean, China's going to go through there. But interestingly, the top three teams um, in the uh, group uh, will will go into the um, knockout draw for the for the championship, I suppose, and then the other three teams go into the playoff for 13 to 24. Um, so as long as you finish in the top three in your group, you're still you're still in the in the running. Um, okay. Group- and then when they go, so top three and four groups, so the top yep. 12 play a knockout then or? Yep, that's right. The top 12 go straight into a knockout. Um, the first teams go straight into the quarterfinals and then teams two and three go into the last 16 draw. Gotcha. So, yeah, it's a little bit complex, but, yeah, it works out pretty well. Um, In Group B, Germany, Sweden and France are probably the the top three picks with Denmark, England and Malaysia um, in there. So they've put Malaysia, interestingly, in the championship division in both the men's and the women's, yeah, so uh, because they're the host country. But, yeah, not sure about the thinking there. Um, I don't think that, that usually happens. Um, but might be something new this time. Um, and in Group C, uh, Japan, Portugal, Poland, Belarus, Ukraine, and Singapore. So all pretty strong uh, contenders there. So that'll be an interesting group. Uh, again, remembering you've got to finish in the top three. Japan, Portugal, uh, for mine, are you know, the top two there that are going to battle it out. 
Uh, in Group D, Korea Republic, Hong Kong, Russia, uh, Croatia, Romania, and Italy. So probably Korea uh, and Hong Kong there um, in that division and Russia, Russia challenging. So, um, yeah, probably Group C, the interesting group for me. Yeah, that sounds really difficult. Um, a lot of close matches there, I suspect. Yes, and uh, yeah, but uh, it'll be interesting to see it uh, how it all progresses. Uh, so first matches, uh, not for a little while, so 28th of February, but uh, yeah, draws out and um, players are getting prepared now. I'll be interested to see how England goes. They've been having some decent results lately. Um, yes, have they, they got have. any chance of qualifying into that uh, top 12? Yeah, so yeah, they'd be trying to knock off Sweden and France um, there to try to top it uh, to get into that top twelve. So, yeah, not uh, not beyond the realms of possibility. Excellent. Yeah. So, twenty eighth of Feb is yep. the date we need to keep in mind now. That's it. Great. And um, the women's draw. Any any big surprises there? Um. Just having a look now. So, um, no, 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 again, nothing really. So in the top group, uh, China and Chinese Taipei, uh, then Romania, Hungary, Spain and Malaysia again. Um, so I think, you know, China, Chinese Taipei, uh, Romania has been doing well. Um, but, yeah, um, Hungary and Spain, not without a chance. In group B, Japan, Germany, Korea, DPR. Um, and then the Czech Republic, Thailand, and Brazil. Um, group C, Netherlands, Singapore, Poland, Ukraine, France, and Belarus. And Group D, Hong Kong, Korea, Republic, Austria, Russia, US, and the and Sweden. So US, interestingly, getting into the top division there in um, in the women's in the championship division. So um, and and they they've had some good results recently the US as well so good young team um, all coming up it will be interesting to see if they can break into that top 12 it would be great to see yeah absolutely I think it's great to have you know the US just being such a big country doing well in table tennis because that's got to help um, the popularity worldwide yeah yeah so we'll, we'll be uh, we'll be uh, supporting that US women's team in group D all right excellent all right, so everybody, uh, start to get excited about the World Championships. It's going to be a fantastic event. You're going to have to watch a lot of this because, um, you know, watching table tennis is great for improving your game. Plus, it's just really good entertainment. All right, Alois, let's get into some questions. Are you ready? Certainly am. Let's go. All right. First up, uh, from Ilya, who's jumped on and asked a question using the Google Plus um, Q&A button. So thank you, Ilya. He says, suppose that I want to top spin a high backspin ball with my forehand. How should I adjust my finished position? Should I finish lower because the ball is quite high? Okay. So Ilya, uh, this is one I see all the time and it frustrates me. Um, the When that ball's up high with backspin, so many people do come flat on the ball and come down and the ball because it's got a lot of backspin will drag into the net even though the ball's high the backspin can still have an effect off your bat so you've got to do um, one of two things open the angle of your racket a little bit or still just lift that ball a little bit even though the ball's up nice and high 
you still need to lift it a little bit or brush it a little bit to counteract that the backspin on the ball. That's the that's the critical working factor there. That backspin. So the the height will will often deceive uh, players, and I see it so often. People drag that ball into the net. Don't do it. Really aim to get that ball a little bit further, brush it up a little bit, open the angle a bit more, and come through the ball. So um, yeah, really important one. And um, uh, and players, especially when they start to develop their serves, I find that that then happens. So after you do a topspin serve and you get a good topspin serve happening and people don't read it, they push it and the ball goes up high. But because they've pushed it with uh, off the topspin, the backspin's going to go um, up high, but it's going to have quite a few revs on it. So you, that's the one you really need to take care of. Gotcha. And so when you do play that big forehand from up high, do you, you don't finish lower then because that's dragging it into the net. Yeah, try not to finish. Yeah, try not to drag it down. You, you, you've still got to go forward a little bit to to uh, generate the lift to get it up and over the, over the net, yeah. Yeah. So I think, Ilya, probably you need to start a bit higher and then keep your finished position where it is. Of those options, Alice, I always prefer to, you know, brush the ball. It just gave a bit more top spin, and I, I felt that was the safer shot for me anyway. Yeah, yeah, and, and that'll be the safer shot for most players too. So, yeah, just probably put a bit of top on it rather than opening the blade. But, yeah, opening's an option, but just brush it. It's a little bit safer. You get more margin over the net with it too. Excellent. And it's a nice problem to have. It's good to be getting a lot of high backspin balls. So you're doing something right there, Ilya. So, yeah, keep working on that, and um, hopefully that helps you out. All right, next up is a question from Mike D, who says, Hey, guys. My game is getting better thanks to your tips and premium area. Lately, I have been getting or I have been getting fast serves that have a little bit of underspin and a lot of side spin, which goes into my body. What are some of the ways I can return these types of serves? Yeah. So, Mike, the, interestingly, the, the important thing here is actually your stance. So, if you're if you're up really tall and I know you can't see all of me but if you're up really tall um, and the ball comes in here you're going to basically fall over so if you've got your stance nice and wide so here and the ball comes here so because your stance is wide now I can just lean and play that shot so even if I haven't got much time I can just lean across and um, make that ball that's coming into the middle and um, also when you're down lower it's easy to just shift your legs a little bit and move sideways slightly again to give yourself more more space to play either the backhand or the forehand from there so um, the important the really important thing is just this the your basic setup make sure you're down really nice and low with a nice wide uh, stance with your feet yeah yeah good and I guess um yeah, with that backspin and mainly side spin, and because it's long, you really just want to try and top spin those balls back. Uh, yes, yeah, because of the backspin, yes, uh, the top spin's much easier. Um, try not to push that ball because if you push it, it's going to create the opportunity for your uh, opponent. So they've served the, the long serve, so they know it's going to come back long to them. So if you're pushing it, it's going to give them much more time. So get in there and make that position and make a nice top spin. doesn't have to be fast, but make a good top spin on the table from that position. But get down really low. 
Yeah, excellent advice. And I guess that that curling of the ball into your body can be a bit tricky to get used to. But like you said, I guess it's just a matter of if you've got that stable position, then you'll be able to deal with that curve. That's right. Tracking the ball, watching it, uh, and you'll get better at at seeing where that ball is going to end up uh, for you to hit. All right. Excellent. Well, thanks for the question, Mike, and good to hear your game's improving. Um, and everyone can improve their game with ping skills. If you're interested, go check out our pingskills.com page and look at the membership options there. Um, as Mike's found, it's a lot of useful information there. We've got a 52-week training plan. We've got a serving secrets area, receiving secrets, which we'll talk about some of the things we discussed there. Lots of great things. Go check it out, pingskills.com. All right. Now, here's a very interesting question from Marcin Alois, who says, are longer breaks between points better for the game? Yeah, it is interesting. And uh, so Marcin put this on our Ask the Coach page, and I'll just read a little bit more of what he said. So um, he said, I know there was a show... Oh, blah, 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 blah. Um, I have an opinion... Um, to this about uh, whether the longer breaks are better. Um, I think um, there is no need to make this game faster. I think opposite is the case. Um, I think people don't get much into it because it's too fast for them. Most people who watch sports on TV um, want a show. So, it, it, they, uh, and he says, in the extreme case of American football, um, for a European like him, um, it's completely strange. So, um, so in American football, there are so many breaks um, between uh, between plays where people can socialise, where they can party, they can have a drink. Um, and so Marston's actually saying that that's something that m- is missing when you're watching table tennis or watching table tennis socially um, because you basically have to um, concentrate all the time uh, during the game There's n- and the breaks are even too slow. So he said, like, um, even for good commentators can barely keep up with what happens. Um, So as a spectator, you have to stay concentrated, focused all the time, and it's hard, especially if you don't play table tennis. Really interesting thoughts and something I'd never thought of before. Um, Yeah, so... It is, Alois. I'd never thought of that either. But um, doing some commentary, it is true. The points just go so quickly it's hard to discuss what's happened in the previous point without missing the next point. And if you think about a lot of other sports, like I watch cricket, they have like probably a minute gap between balls. Um, Tennis even has, you know, probably 30 seconds between points. But even then there's sort of, it seems longer because they've got, they're bouncing the ball a lot. And um, yeah, Uh, like you said, American football has really long breaks. Um, I guess other high sports like action sports like football are a bit different because there's no real breaks. They're just playing constantly. But there are quieter periods where they're just passing the ball around. So, yeah, I mean, he said, I think Marson suggested that they would implement it by the umpire having some kind of green light and the players couldn't play for the first 10 seconds or 15 seconds after a point. So, you know, I really like his thinking, Alois. It's, it is very interesting. Um Thinking outside the square, Marson, I, I really like it. And so, yeah, so he was saying, uh, well, you know, you can have a, a green light, red light system. So, um, or the umpire just putting his hand up. So you're not allowed to serve until the umpire's put his hand down. Um, 
uh, some other people commented that that might be difficult to implement at the club level, and you're prob- probably right, but it's probably not something that you need to implement too much at the club level. Um, it's more when we're starting to talk about it being a spectator sport uh, rather than a participation sport. So exactly, mm. I think I think it would only be for events that were televised or or commentated on, really. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, we should uh, we should uh, contact the ITTF and give them Marson's idea. Absolutely. Yeah, very interesting. I'd love to see a trial um, on an actual match. Yeah, very good thinking, Marson. All right, next up, Alois, is a, another question from Ilya. This time he asked it on our Ask the Coach page. Um, and he said, did you see the topspin film? There is an interesting moment when Ariel Singh uses a belt that attaches her elbow close to her body called the forehand fixing machine. Um, you can see this in the trailer at 2.49. And Elia wants to know, what is this fixing machine for? Yeah, so what it is, it's basically a, a prop that helps you to um, gain some feedback for yourself of what's happening to your body. So um, what Ariel does is she's got a belt and um, a, what's called a TheraBand. So it's like a rubberized band. Um, attached to her elbow there. So what Ariel's trying to do with her forehand is to try to keep that um, elbow in and not let it float out and and move around like that when she's playing her forehand. So by having the the rubberized band there, as soon as she moves that elbow away from that position, um, she's getting some feedback of, oh, okay, that's a bit more difficult. Um, I must be moving my elbow out of position. Um, really useful tools to start to think about when you are learning anything about the game. So um, um, I'm lucky enough to work with um, a yeah, skills acquisition um, specialist uh, through the work that I do with the Paralympic Committee. Ross Pinder is um, is uh, fantastic at that sort of stuff. And what Ross does is he, he finds ways to help uh, athletes to get that feedback of, of what they're doing. For example, with one of the athletes, he's putting a, a pool noodle. So it's like a long foam thing. So just putting that um, above his head. So he's hold, holding that there while he's playing um, playing uh, his, uh, his drill. And so as soon as he comes up, uh, it, he uh, knocks into the pool noodle. It's very soft, but it Every time he does that, he gets the feedback that now he's um, standing up, so he needs to get back down again. So, yeah, just little aids like that are really useful to give yourself some feedback. It's not that easy to do if you're training by yourself, um, but if you've got someone there that can help you with those sort of things, start to think a little bit about how you can um, help yourself gain that feedback um, about what you're doing. Wow, very interesting. Because I guess in the past, people have just played sport and haven't thought about using these props, but it, it makes a lot of sense getting extra feedback on your stroke. Yeah, it certainly does. So, uh, uh, yes, uh, Ross uh, Ross Pinder, fantastic uh, ideas man, and uh, he um, comes and uh, helps us with a lot of our Paralympic training sessions and has some great ideas for us. So, um, yeah, we'll see if... Uh, 
it it helps to change the um, the players' uh, habits um, a little bit easier. Excellent. All right. Well, fantastic question again, Ilya. Uh, Alois, that wraps up our first show back for the year. Um, we've got through it. Uh, hopefully, people enjoy it, and we will be back tomorrow even more prepared. <laughs> I'm so sure. Thank- I'm. I'm sure they enjoyed it. Like, but um, yes, we're a bit, a little bit rusty, but tomorrow oh, we are going to be good. Better. Absolutely. So thanks everyone for watching. Uh, thanks for your questions. Thanks for all your support and make sure you check out pingskills.com. See us tomorrow. Bye. And don't, and don't forget to check out Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram. Get on them. Get Send on them. Snapchat. Send me a Snapchat. Yes, send him a Snapchat. The username is Ping Skills. Bye.